welcome to BitBased. Last month, Sony got to take their turn at the bat and show us what they've got coming up this fall with the PlayStation 5. Now it was Microsoft's turn. And while I don't believe they came out swinging, I think they're playing a completely different game than Sony is at this point. And we're going to get into that a little bit today. I'm here with my co-host, Tyler Run, TRG Glaze. Tyler, before we get into all the gaming goodness, I kind of wanted to share with the audience that throughout this pandemic, you and I have not got to see each other, but that changed last Wednesday when we got together to watch the Psych sequel. So I, I was glad I actually got to see you in person, man. Yeah, me too, dude. And I'm glad it was for the Psych sequel. We've now seen the entire show, the Psych first movie, the musical, all that. So that was great fun. Glad you guys came over and I'm glad we got to spend a little time together, even though I certainly don't think we're anywhere near the end of this pandemic. We got to kind of take what we can get at this point. So fun to see you. Good to watch Psych together. Microsoft made a pretty bold statement in their conference, not with games, but with Game Pass. And they came right out of the gate and said, hey, we're going to show you a bunch of games. A lot of them are exclusive launch titles for the Xbox. And if you're a Game Pass member, all of these will be on Game Pass. That's pretty bold, man. I mean, I think you nailed it earlier when you said, uh, you know, they're not playing the same game and we won't be playing games the same way anymore. So... They're not. It was almost a marketing for their club is what yeah. I will just call it at this point. And you have Sony who came out and showed us a bunch of great shit that I'm going to buy and spend money on. But every single title in Sony's show, 40 to $60. Microsoft is telling you, hey, look at all these great games we have, and we're going to charge you $120 a year, and you can play all of them. I've left up my Game Pass Ultimate, and I haven't even felt bad about the months I don't even get to play, because then there will be a month where I get to play six to ten different games, and that would have costed me tons of money. As a gamer, we were the guys, or as gamers, I should say, we were the guys that were at Blockbuster on Fridays and Saturday nights. I had Blockbuster's Game Pass, quote-unquote, when it came out, and was able to rent games at will from Blockbuster, because that's how much stuff I play. and. If I play 10 games, eight of them, I probably will play for an hour or less. But those two gems that you find that you end up playing for a long time is why I like to experience gaming like that. For myself, Game Pass is perfect. I'm kind of excited that everything that we got to see in Microsoft's show, I'm going to have the opportunity to play whether I want to play it You know, with something like the new Perils of Gorgon expansion for Outer Worlds, or or if it's going to be something like, I don't know, what didn't impress me very much? As Dusk Falls. <laughs> Tell me why. <laughs> if you're going to release a game called Tell Me Why and it's not about the Backstreet Boys, I think there's a serious <laughs> missed opportunity there. Oh, definitely. Yeah. And dude, I can agree with you more. Like, I haven't even played Outer Worlds, uh, the original non-expansion yet. And watching the video for, you know, Parallel Gorgon, I was like, man, what did I miss? And I, you know, but at least I can go back and play it on Game Pass. So, 
It's great. I played it on Game Pass. It was one of those titles that launched for sale on the Switch and on the PS4, but Game Pass members got it on launch day, and all I had to pay was my Game Pass membership. I loved it. It's very much Fallout in space. Fallout 3 in space is how I would describe it. The fact that I get an expansion pack that I don't have to pay for, that's just more time on top of it. And, you know, let's be fair. For me, Game Pass is not even a question of being worth it based on the amount of things I play. But I even think for Joe Consumer, if Microsoft comes out with a low price point and hell, maybe even packs in six months of Game Pass at launch – it's a different ball game, though. Sony is trying to sell you a console, and Sony is trying to sell you titles, which is what they've always done, which is what the gaming industry has always done. Microsoft yeah. is trying to sell you membership into their club. Like, hey, you want to play all this shit on PC and on your Xbox? We're just going to give it to you, man. Just give us one price. I hate the Netflix of gaming comparison, but that's kind of exactly what it is. And, you know, as a PC gamer, it's something that is awesome for me even more, right? I get to experience all of these titles on my PC and I can stream between them. My, you know, game data can save on a lot of different games. And so that's really cool. And to your point of like the Joe consumer, when my parents asked me, what console do we get? Because they were going to buy either a PS4 or an Xbox when they got their new house. And I said, get an Xbox. Like (laughs) as much as I love Sony, I was like, you guys are going to want, you're not going to want to buy a ton of games all the time. I was like, get an Xbox and get game pass. And they did. And they have game pass. And anytime grandkids or I go over, I just sit down and play games. And you're a Sony fanboy to be fair. So the fact that you (laughs) recommended Xbox to your parents of all things, the console that again, the grandkids are going to grow up with. Yeah. That's, it's pretty good. I'm, I think I'm, so pretty, I'm pretty impressed. What is Deb playing on Xbox? Nothing? <laughs> Solitaire? Yeah, I, I don't think they play much. You know, if they did, uh, maybe they'll get into Tetris, though. That looked really cool. Yeah, and I don't want to skip too far ahead, but Tetris Effect Connected did look really cool. Like last time, let's just go down the list. And some of these we'll expand on a little bit. Some of these we might not talk about hardly at all. Predictably enough, the show opens with Halo. Yeah. And a lot of people online are bitching that they don't think it looked good. I really didn't. I didn't blow me away. It didn't look like The Last of Us 2 does now, but I didn't think it looked horrible. I thought it looked pretty cool. I so I I get what you're saying. The the further I got into the video, I was like, okay, I can see some of the effects and stuff. But when they first panned into the shot uh, where they're riding on the Pelican, I legitimately thought they were showing footage from an old Halo game. I was like, oh, we're going to do some sort of track through time into the new fancy graph. No, that was just what the game was. And I was like, oh, this is going to catch flack, right? And I also thought a lot of the colors on the enemies were really oversaturated, almost like cartoon, more cartoonish than they have been in the past. And I guess that's going to run on everything. It's going to run on the one as well. Yeah, I think so. And maybe that's why the graphics weren't as up to snuff. They were showing kind of, 
I guess the minimum specs, not what it's going to, which doesn't make any sense at all if that's the case, because you are showing off your flagship title on your brand new console. I want to see what it looks like, even if it doesn't look like that when I take it home. Right. Run that shit on some some hardcore hardware. I mean, granted, run it on the console. Don't completely take (laughs) things out of proportion like many game companies have done. I honestly, though, when I saw the gameplay, my first thought was, well, if I was 22, this would be awesome. I I couldn't wait to play this. Yeah. You saw during Bitface Game Night, I am not good at Halo anymore, and adding a grappling hook is not going to really improve <laughs> my experience much. And I don't know much about the Halo lore either. Who was Gray Thanos at the end of the video? You know, I, I'm trying to even think back, right? Is What are we at? I don't think I played the last one, Halo 5. Five and 343 Studios originally announced they were doing their own Halo trilogy for yeah. five and six is how you would interpret that. This is not six. But they, so what happens I, to that story? Well, yeah, and I and I also heard somewhere that this is the last Halo game that they're going to be making. I'm curious to see what they're going with here. They didn't really. They said the levels were big. Yeah. And I guess they showed, hey, you pick this thing out of the map and go to it and fight it. And it has a little bit more of an open world. No offense, but games have been doing that for 20 years, man. Right. <laughs> uh, it didn't blow me away. And neither did the next trailer. And I think part of the problem between the two shows for me, as much as I love Xbox, I like the franchises that Sony showed off better than I like the franchises Microsoft showed off. In fact, Microsoft show closer blew a lot of people away. It was the biggest eh, moment uh, in the ent- yeah, see. And you're, you're one of those people. So we'll, we'll get to that. At the end. <laughs> but they showed off state of decay three. Yeah. I didn't think state of decay or state of decay, decay two were very good. I know a lot of people really love them. I'm kind of sick of survival zombie titles. So I wasn't really excited about that. I think it's a genre that's going to stick around because I don't think anyone really has the like vision and the ide- like ideology to go out and seek out a better type of survival horror or something, you know, crazier. Well, that's not necessarily true as we'll see later in the show, but you know, Maybe zombies are just a little worn out at this point. The deer looked pretty cool. Yeah, that's true. Zombie deer. Zombie deer. No no date, which Microsoft and Sony both completely came with this year. No dates, nothing. Sony had a couple dates. I want to say Microsoft had none. Right. Except for fall or something like that. No, No hard dates, if you will. Forza. Looks like a reboot of the Forza series. It looked amazing. Yet again, though, no date. If it was coming out this year, I think they would have said fall or winter or or whatever. I think we're still two years away from that title, to be honest with you. Yeah, and I'm curious because didn't they alternate between that and Horizon? So how's that going to put Horizon's development track like into play? Later on in the show, they showed Horizon and they talked about how Horizon's all going to transfer over to the new console 
and they're going to have new content optimized for the new console. So I think they're just going to expand Horizon going forward. Cool. Yeah. Forza, though, let's be honest, are the kind of graphics I expected to see on the Halo trailer. Yeah, me too. It looked so beautiful. Those cars, the shading, the ray tracing, just everything was insane. Then we got a logo that makes a lot of gamers happy. And then a trailer that left me very confused. The logo <laughs> was rare. The game was ever wild. And it looks like magic nature dancing RPG. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what to think about the trailer, but I love the art style. I loved like what they were like talking about. And I was like, ah, this all seems intriguing and interesting to me. But I don't have a clue what the fuck I was watching. <laughs> Do you remember that Olympic sport where they used to twirl the ribbons around? Yeah. That's what it looked like. It does kind of look like that. It looks like instead of a magic wand, you have one of those batons <laughs> with a banner on the end of it. Yeah. And that's what you and you dance around and make crazy movements. And that's how you resurrect things in, in the world. I was con- as confused as you are, man, because when I saw Rare, I thought, OK, here we go. This is where Microsoft is just going to hit the ground running. Yeah. And that trailer kind of kind of took me out of the show. Oh, man. You know, it's funny because I do think compared to Sony's, Sony started out really like heavy hitting and then had kind of like a like an interesting midpoint. And Halo or uh, Xbox for me started out kind of. Uh, <laughs> and I was like, hmm. yeah, because the next game we got. I guess it's the same studio that did Life is Strange is what okay. I'm assuming. Tell me why. It, tell me why you called the game that, because everyone's going to think of the Backstreet Boys, at least from a certain generation. Tell me why. Yeah. Just tell it me looked, why I should play it. It looked very serious. It looked very story-driven. Not something I get into, but I know a lot of people love Life is Strange. So if you liked that, tell me why. But you can also play Tell Me Why. Yeah, totally. Ori and the Will of the Wisps on everyone's list for top 10 this year not on mine because it doesn't run properly in my opinion hopefully it will on the new xbox and i'll pick it up there and i guess it's going to be remastered and it looked forza beautiful totally and 120 frames they even showed off how a lot of their enemy animations would stutter at the 60 frames and they weren't very fluid so i think remastered at 120 on the series x it's going to be a stellar game. And then the show picked up a little bit from this point forward. We got the Outer Wilds expansion, which you and I already talked about. But then Obsidian came out and said, hey, yeah, we know you you want an RPG. It's kind of how we put it. Like, <laughs> yeah, we, we get it, man. Like, we're making all this other cool shit, but we know you guys want an RPG. Yeah. So... After we show you the trailer for Grounded, which looks killer, and I'm going to try when we get done recording tonight. Yeah. They showed Avowed, which right. looks very much like Elder Scrolls. It did. It reminded me of the play style of Skyrim, where you have magic in one hand, or potentially could equip it in more, 
and you had what assume you know is any type of weapon and stuff that you could pick up and so if it is skyrim-esque you know or elder scrolls-esque then i think it's going to get a lot of fans especially as an obsidian rpg so obsidian knows how to make rpgs totally. again no date right. this could come out after the next elder scrolls game but <laughs> it looked cool it did Grounded looks cool, too. I don't really want to get into it, though, because I'm hoping in maybe a couple weeks when we get back together, I can give you a full review. Yeah. It, what I'll say is it reminded me of Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, the Kids Yep. meets like original Fortnite, like not the Fortnite game that's out now that everyone knows. But when Fortnite was first released and it was like this kind of story based tower defense, like fort defense game. And that's what it reminded me of. I think it has potential as a multiplayer title. Yeah. Looking forward to trying it out. As Dusk Falls, very unique art style. You compared it to The Wolf Among Us. I thought it kind of looked like 13, that comic booky yeah. uh, pacing where it's not fully animated, but the characters move like a newspaper strip is the best way I can describe it, or a comic book panel. A motion comic, I think is what they call them. Thank you. Yeah. Another heavy story based title that involves robbery and things like that. It looked very serious, kind of similar to Tell Me Why. Yeah. A lot of people are excited about the new Hellblade game. I'll be honest, I could not get past the first hour and a half of the original title. I saw it on so many lists. I heard people tell me, hey, man, you can get through the gameplay, the story and the way that they describe mental illness in the game is something that's worth playing as yeah. a gamer eric and you should really as someone who is a proponent for helping totally. with your own mental illness eric you should get into this game all it boiled down to was very similar combat and then looking for glyphs in the environment wash rinse repeat you have to have a better hook than that to get me in I did play another game about mental illness, Celeste, which was great, and I loved playing that, but I couldn't get into Hellblade. Hopefully, because of the success of the first Hellblade, they're going to throw a little bit more money at the gameplay and give us a little bit more variety. Luckily, I don't have to buy Hellblade. I'm going to get to play it on Game Pass, just like you can the first Hellblade if you'd like to, but they basically announced that they're taking that to Iceland. Then we got another series which people love, which I... Should I let you introduce this one? Oh. <laughs> Go ahead. You don't, you don't have to let me introduce this one, but I will say I played this. The I played the first version, like the first uh, game in this series, Psychonauts, on the original Xbox. And I don't really know what it was about it, and I have to replay it, but this game blew me away as a kid. It was platforming it was magic you know it was mental powers it was all these really cool like interesting bits and now we have jack black singing (laughs) the theme song to it or well the trailer song to it and it looked really good it just looked like they've spent a lot of time taking the heart of psychonauts and bringing it into this new sequel in my opinion I really wish I could go back and easily play the first game. I tried it when it came out. I had a lot of problem with the platforming mechanics. Yeah. It was another one that people told me, hey, it's about mental stuff. You should really like this game. 
and I, I couldn't get into it. I'll try the next one. I think from what it looked like, the platforming is also going to be a little wonky again, unfortunately, because I, I know what you're talking about, and I saw some of it in the trailer. So we'll see. Maybe it's not. Maybe it's just going to be a great game. But I think there's going to be some some tough platforming that's going to happen in it. And not like challenging, but like rough. Can I take a side note here? Why can't 30 years, give or take, after the N64 Mario came out, there's still games that aren't as good as that as far as how you control a character in a 3D world. Yeah. I want, I want you bitfacers to think about that and come back with me with an an, come back to me with an answer because I still can't figure out. Well, Nintendo nailed it. Why can't everybody else do it? I I have no answer to that. One game on this list I definitely will not be playing. Destiny 2 Beyond the Light aka Who the Fuck Still Cares. <laughs> it, really? Like when that came out I was like this is valuable real estate guys in an hour long show and you were wasting it. On something I don't – no one I know still plays it. I don't either. But I'll have to say somehow the trailers always look like a ton of fun. It looks like something that I really want to play. <laughs> but I don't think I'll go back and play it either. It's – they just try to keep hanging on to it. Yeah. Let it go. It sucks. Make yeah. something better. Make something that we want to play. Don't make something so repetitive. Yeah. I don't know anything about the first Stalker title, but I guess we're getting Stalker 2. Yeah. So I watched it on a live stream for GameSpot, and there were a lot of people who were pretty hyped about it. But I also never played the first one. It looks really interesting, sort of horror, but almost zombie-themed again. Um. I think I think I'll play it because it looked, you know, graphically updated enough to at least try. And it's on Game Pass. So there's no reason not to. That's going to be the theme of the entire. <laughs> well, fuck it. Fuck <laughs> it. <laughs> not pay, I'm not paying for it. You're a big Warhammer fan. I don't care. But <laughs> Warhammer Dark Tide is coming out. And see, that goes back to my original point, Tyler. I want a new Ratchet and Clank. I don't give a fuck about a new Warhammer game. I think you're right. Is Sony chose all the right games to say, look what we have. And Game Pass was like, well, you could try this for Game Pass. <laughs> There's a lot of stuff here, though, that people really love. Yeah. The fact that Microsoft is getting Tetris, Tetris Effect connected. Yeah. I really like Tetris Effect, but I liked it because of the VR aspect of it. No plans, I don't think, for any sort of Xbox VR, but I guess this is going to be more of really multiplayer and playing against each other, kind of more similar to Tetris 99 on the Switch. Right. Looked interesting. So did the gunk. Yeah. It had a very unique third-person art style, like adventure. It didn't look like you. there's a whole lot of combat, maybe, but... There were definitely enemies, so the question is, is it going to be more of a puzzle, like, adventure storytelling game, or is there more planets, even? It looked like the character got dumped onto one planet, and there was, you know, the gunk that you had to suck up and clean up. So, it looked really interesting, but I don't, 
I don't know where it's going to go. After the gunk, which I'll definitely try, we got my favorite trailer. Mine too. Yours too? Yeah. And the fact that it was for a franchise, or not even a franchise, it's a title we've never heard of before. Yeah. The Medium. Oh, man. And I looked up the studio to see if I played any of their other games. They're called the Bloober Team. I've never even heard of that. I haven't either. And I'm not saying that I know everything about video games, but I'm pretty familiar with a lot of shit. Yeah. And the trailer looked killer. Looked right up my alley. It's a horror game, but you move between two different realities that are programmed and exist at the same time. That's going to be a game that I think is going to really fuck with us. That's a way to do a horror thriller game to, like, not throw zombies in your face. And it looks like there's a persistent villain that's just constantly, like, chasing you down. But I assume there will also be other, you know, perils and threats that you have to deal with. So It looked awesome. And I think we're getting that this year. Oh, man. Someone made a joke that it was uh, Ellen Wake. (laughs) (laughs) Well, speaking of Ellen Wake, Remedy, who did Alan Wake, who did Control, who also do a lot of very psychological games, are doing a shooter, Crossfire X. Yeah. When I saw their name on that, I was like, wait, what? I don't And it looked like a very good shooter. Don't get me wrong, but when I first saw the trailer, I thought it was Crisis 4. Oh, it, yeah, that would have made a lot more sense. Even um, the suit. Right. Was kind of Crisis-esque. And I, granted, I haven't played Crisis in many, many years. Are you going to play just, it on the Switch when it comes back out? <laughs> the Switch is hit or miss, man, because sometimes yeah. games run great. But I've heard The Outer Worlds on the Switch is unplayable. $60 oh. title. Unplayable. That's terrible. Thank God I have Game Pass. <laughs> and I got to play a great version of the game on launch day. Right. I didn't mention Fantasy Star Online 2 expansion. Fantasy Star Online 2 is actually on the one now. You can play it today. I picked it up and played it with Reap for about an hour. It's one of those games that you can tell is designed to play on PC. Yeah. Only because like the dialogue is just ant tiny on the side of the screen. World of Warcraft is a great game. I don't want to play it on my Xbox. It's yeah. Between, you know, Warcraft style games and World of Warcraft style games. They're two very PC specific mouse and keyboard. There's so many keys that you have to be using that like doing the two trigger, like holding down a trigger and then rotating a stick to get to somewhere in your inventory or slick spells just doesn't work, you know. And having to to type and chat at the same time sometimes or put in commands that you have to use occasionally. Right. You're exactly right. Those games are awesome. I don't think that they work on console. Now, I imagine that the new console might have mouse and keyboard support, especially with Microsoft's push to make everything between PC and console compatible with each other. Yeah, that's definitely the what they're preaching right now. So I guess we'll see. And then you have to do the last one. What did Microsoft close the show with, Tyler? (laughs) 
Microsoft closed the show with Fable. I'm just going to throw it out there, plain and simple. If you were a fan of Fable, then you were stoked by this announcement. The really interesting part about this, though, is I was a fan of the first Fable, and I didn't care or love too much about the second or third one. So I'm really hoping that they pick it up and they go back to everything that I loved about the first Fable. And maybe that's why I'm not as stoked, because I'm the opposite. I did not play Fable 1. I have played Fable 2 and Fable 3. And Fable 3, ugh. Yeah, I think, I wouldn't say it's it's a game to go back and play. It's very dated. Like, I, I because the first Fable is backwards compatible on Game Pass right now. So I downloaded it, and I played it, and I was like, wow, this is fun, and I remember everything I loved about it. I was like, but good God, some of these controls. <laughs> it's just really dated now. We're going to run into that a lot, though. There's so much stuff that we take for granted nowadays and things that we expect to be featured in games. Yeah. And when they're not, we get angry about it. I agree. I thought Microsoft had a good show. They ended by saying that when the Xbox launches there will be over 100 available titles to play, which sounds awesome. But all they have to do is make 100 Xbox One titles backwards compatible and purchasable in the store, which I don't think that's what they're going to do. But something has to be part of that 100. There's no way that they have 100 titles available for launch. I remember when the N64 came out, there were two games on the shelf, Mario and Pilot Wings. That's all you could get. Yeah. Launching with 100 titles, though, for me, makes the decision to get the console pretty easy because my old library is going to import over. Honestly, man, I hate to say it. I'm stoked to actually get to play Ori. And when they announced they were coming out with a new version that actually seems to work, I'm not going to touch the old one until I get to play one that functions properly because I hear the game is great. I just don't know how everyone else got through it with the annoying lag. And I've talked to people that have brand new consoles. I'm playing on an original launch Xbox. I've talked to people that have brand new Xboxes and they have the same issues with Ori that I do. So it's not the system. It's the game. Yeah. Well, I'm curious because I started it up, but it was during a really busy time at work. So I I actually kind of stopped and I, I haven't played it either yet. And so I'm curious if I should do the same or... I actually have it downloaded on my PC and I'd be curious to know if it ran really well on the PC and maybe that's how some people got through it. Cause I played the original Ori on PC. So try it out and, and let me know. Yeah. I'm excited though. Microsoft did not blow me away by any means. Honestly, if I was going to rank the two shows, I have to give Sony the edge. However, Sony's show is going to cost me $6,000. Yeah. Microsoft show is going to cost me 120 bucks. Right. Um, that's a wonderful point. And the thing is, I don't always like, you know, as a single father, I don't always have the money to spend on all the extra games. So I might find myself playing a lot more Xbox this generation, at least for a while. So. And hopefully both consoles will still allow us to game share. Yeah, that saves me a ton of money not only on the PS4, but definitely on the Xbox. I've been game sharing there forever. Before we wrap, Tyler, I want to address one more thing real quick. Yeah. 
the gaming industry changed within the last two weeks because of The Last of Us 2, and now on Metacritic, user reviews are not allowed until a game has been out for 48 hours. Whoa. Because The Last of Us 2 got so shit on by people who obviously did not play the game. They're just mad because there's a gay character. Grow the fuck up. It's 2020. I played through the whole game. Games have made me happy. Games have made me cry. Games have made me feel successes and failures. I've never had a game that made me feel guilty. And that's exactly what The Last of Us 2 does. You can say that you don't enjoy The Last of Us 2. And you know what? If you've got a problem with gay characters in games, shut off the PlayStation. Or you know what? Definitely shut off this podcast. However, you cannot say that The Last of Us 2 is a bad game because it is a fucking masterpiece i'd like to get into spoilers on another cast i've never had a game that made me feel dirty man just dirty dude and like to talk about anything that made me feel that way is giving shit away yeah but don't believe the reviews i was so sad when i saw the user score was like 20 and the critic score was 90 come on grow up that's grow up yeah you know, I'll do I'll do what I've always done before the internet and media has gone crazy. I'll talk to my friends who've enjoyed the same things I have, and I'll ask for their opinion. You, it blew you away. It's gonna blow me away. So people get very unhappy when bad things happen to their favorite characters. Yeah. But if you are not willing to tell a different story. We're going to be listening to the same stories for a long time. Yeah. And dude, you've you've you me, we've been represented in media for as long as we can we've been alive, right? What is the problem with bringing in gay characters, black characters, Asian characters? I love this shit. I want those stories. I want that culture. It's so diverse. It changes everything, right? Why why is that a bad thing? People are actually bitching because there's an Asian character in The Last of Us 2, but they were bitching because he was underutilized. And it's like, no matter what they release, you guys are going to bitch. Yeah. So play the game and experience for yourself. And if you didn't like it, Talk to me about it. I'd love to hear why, as long as those reasons are, hey, I'm really tired of having characters that are are a little different. We're always going to have Master Chief and Doom Guy. And there's nothing (laughs) wrong if you're creating a new story of maybe thinking of things a little different. And it's not just the aspects of the game that people got review bombed for. They also review bombed it after they played it, and they're like, well – how dare you do this with this character? I hate to fucking tell you, you don't own shit. Right. The guy that writes the game, he's allowed to do with those characters what you want. And the way that you react to it is the reason why we play. The totally. journey along the way, the emotions that you get to experience with that character, that is what the game should do for you. And if all the game does is make you a racist, homophobic piece of shit, do us all a favor Turn off your console. Yeah. Rant over. I agree.
All right. Sorry about that. I'm probably going to get some mad shit for that. But anyway, (laughs) I think it needed to be said. Well, we talked about Sony. We talked about Microsoft. It's only fair that our next show will be about the Nintendo Direct. Probably going to try to squeeze in an episode that Tyler and I have been wanting to do for a little while here before that. Anyway, thank you guys for sticking with us. It's always good to see the listens and the comments from the Virtual Bit Cave. My co-host, Tyler, run TRG Glaze. I am Eric G. Hollis, and we are X. Beep <phone rings>